Let's do this. Dog with the blog. Yay. <laughs> Around the far turn. And American Pharaoh continues to lead the way. He's on top by three quarters of the length. Mubtahij is off the rail. And now he's a length behind in second. And American Pharaoh kicks away. American Pharaoh has opened up a two-length lead as they come to the top of the stretch. And Frosted has moved up into second. And they're into the stretch. And American Pharaoh makes his run for glory as they come into the final furlong. Frosted is second with one-eighth of a mile to go. American Pharaoh's got a two-length lead. Frosted is all out at the 16th pole. And here it is. The 37-year wait is over. American Pharaoh is finally the one. American Pharaoh has won the Triple Crown. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another Dave Jusco podcast show. And uh, the early, the early time of the month of June. Filming this on a Thursday again. Second Thursday in a row. Usually, you know, I like to film on Wednesdays, get the show out on a Thursday, but what are you going to do? I've been actually uh, being quite busy doing stuff. I don't even know when I'm going to be have a time to do the show next week, but I know everybody cares. I know all 30 listeners are very upset. What? What do you mean there might not be a show? I have only missed two shows since September 1st because I am diligent about it. So... And welcome to the show. Last week we had our big successful Tony podcast with little Scotty Gorenstein, Liza Minnelli's publicist. We revealed that Liza Minnelli had slept with Scott Bayo. A lot of people didn't realize that. Big controversy. In page six the next day. Unfortunately, they didn't mention what show that <laughs> happened on, so not good for me. Uh, but I'm here with my uh, lovely friend from the building, not Kenny, <laughs> Michelle. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. You look beautiful today. Why, I mean, you look you. unbelievable. Thank you. It's funny that you think you don't. But she's wearing a little summery dress. She looks really nice. Thank and you. Michelle came from work because you do something actually really important. Yes, um, I do. Perhaps you'd like to talk about it. I would love to talk <laughs> about it. You know, my friend Lee Marakis can't talk about his job on the thing because he feels like anything, you know, that associated, you know, when I talk about, like, uh, I'm not going to say in front of you, just in case. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when I talk about stuff that eh, people don't really care for, uh, you know, then he works at a, a bank. You know, he can, he can get in trouble. You, you deal with the people that I was going to talk about all the time. Anyway, anyway, what, what, where do you work? <laughs> <laughs> so I work for ACE Programs for the Homeless. It's a nonprofit, and it's based in Soho. And um, it's an organization that helps homeless people find jobs and you know, basically achieve economic independence. And you realize that homeless people don't want jobs, right? I mean, you know that too. So how uh, do you, how does that even I, work? I mean, do they really want? <laughs> That's not true, actually. There are a lot of homeless people who really do want jobs. They just, um, you know, lack the skills, first of all, and lack the support to find full-time employment. And that's what we provide. It's a pretty serious job. I've been to the offices before. They're disgusting. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's all right. It's a nonprofit organization. I wasn't expecting that much. <laughs> but uh, you do a lot of good. I mean, I you know, I was thinking, I know you've asked me to put together a little charity event for you. That's right. I usually uh, do charity events for the Big Brothers Big Sisters, which they have asked yeah, me again to do. Whatever. Plus, now my friend uh, Joe Messina has a charity uh, in 
commemoration of his daughter called uh, hopesforheroes.org. I think it's called Hopes for Heroes. Um, it's out of it's a children's, uh, you know, hospital for. Uh, I, I think um, I don't remember what the reason why it's called that. I can't think if it's like the nurses or just something like that, but um, you know, it's a really good charity. That's where we had the uh, race down the track two Saturdays ago. I think oh, I told okay, you, right, right. Raise some money for that, some raffling stuff. Yeah. So what I was thinking is like, I think I should do a three charity, you know, big event at oh, a huge really? place and just split the like money split three, it three ways. ways. That would be amazing, right? Then I can yeah. put all the people I love and and hook them up at at one point, you know, and then yeah. Well, I don't want you to forget though that maybe this fall we're going to do the dog fashion show and you could host it and do your famous pause on the pavement yeah that's right because what was the magazine i was writing for uh, um (laughs) the the pet gazette oh the pet gazette yes yes i write for the pet gazette uh well i wanted to i called them up and then they never got back to me they only (laughs) print out four times a year i think if that and you can get it at any doggy park and i want to have a column called pause on the pavement where you interview dogs and uh, see, you know, what they're all about and which parks they think are the best. And mostly it just goes like, so what do you think of the 57th Street Park? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how can you say that without actually knowing the facts? So I'm, like, I'm like, yes, but we are, we took care of that. We're renovating. And like, you know, they're just really angry all the time because I just put those words into their mouth. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Thank you, thank you. So yeah, I will do that. And you're really having the doggy fashion show? This is for real? I um, I know you told me, but I thought you were maybe kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of kidding, but one of my colleagues really wants to do it. She thinks, you know, it'd be a great fundraiser, have people parade Is this the one I saw on Friday? Um, Jessica? Jessica, yes. Yeah, Michelle and I on uh, Friday went to, if you can believe this, and uh, I think I've talked about this in the show, how much I think improv sucks, but you somehow dragged me to an improv show. I did. Uh, with hope uh, uh, with who the, the stand-up comic <laughs> in it uh, was uh, Seth Herzog, who um, I've done his show before. He does this show called At the Slipper Room for many years, which is like half burlesque, half stand-up comedy. So it's kind of – it's a lot of fun to do. Uh, have you ever been to his room? No. Yeah, why would you? I right. haven't. I, yeah. And, um, I thought he was very funny. That's – Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, he's, a, he's, a good, he's a good man. And uh, let me tell you something. This is one of those guys that I have talked about on this show before. One of the three guys I know that are unbelievable at schmoozing. <laughs> they are, I, I mean, it's a gift. And all three guys, I don't know why, they wear T-shirts when they go out all the time. Just T-shirts. They, they play the T-shirt card. Is it's that not the, normal? Not I don't know. I always wear a collared shirt, but that's usually just to cover up my belly. You could see Seth's <laughs> belly a little bit. I don't know why he would want to wear a T-shirt. I mean, you, you should always try. Um, and Seth still looks pretty good, you know, but um, I think he has most of his hair, and, you know, he looks pretty fit, physically fit. But uh, I don't know. You know, I'm just impressed with the guys that can just wear T-shirts anywhere, a restaurant, a show, uh, you know, a, a, a charity event, whatever. <laughs> like, um I would see all three of the schmooze geniuses I know at a party the day before Thanksgiving that Heather Graham uh, and her friend Nadia used to throw every year before Thanksgiving. Did I think did, you've you've told me about this party before? Oh, I'm sure I've invited you once before, maybe. Oh, really? oh. It was a legendary party. I mean, a really epic party. They don't do it anymore, and it was so much fun. And every year was a good time. Like it never failed to be an excellent time. They closed off a place called Gonzalez y Gonzalez. Oh, on I, Broadway. I, I remember that 
It's still there. I think it's still there, yeah. yeah. So they closed the whole thing and had the whole place to themselves, and you would walk from one avenue to the other because that's how big the place was. They closed the Broadway entrance now. Oh, they they closed the Broadway entrance? Mm -hmm. Well, that was the entrance we used to go on, and everybody was there. I mean, that's how I got on the movie The Wrestler because Darren Aronofsky used to see me at that party, and he thought it was pretty funny (laughs) until uh, we worked together, and now he he doesn't. But um, the guy who also hooked me up with that, another schmooze artist, this guy Greg Bello. Also a schmooze genius. Yeah, these guys are just really good at talking up themselves and getting stuff and, and knowing celebrities. Mm. You know, and just, it's, it's, it's the strangest thing I've ever seen. I wish I was better at it. They're so good at it. Like, I remember I couldn't talk to Heather Graham. She was the prettiest person I've ever seen in my life at these parties. And then Seth would just go up and be like, so where are we going next? And I'm like, what? This guy? Is he? What? Really? That's amazing. I mean, she looked... Like a porcelain doll. She was the prettiest person I'd ever seen. I could not muster the courage that I became that Indian guy from the Big Bang Theory. As soon as she came up and talked, she was like, hi. I don't know. I started talking with an accent. It was weird. Um, but yeah, uh, God, it, 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 the best, it was the best time. It was, it was full of celebrities, so it was fun because you don't usually see that in New York. And uh, do I care for that kind of thing? Sure, I do. Once in a while, you know, uh, a couple times a year, going to a big celebrity-filled party, I've on the show I have talked in detail about when I went when Sarah was hosting Saturday Night Live and just you know the stuff and how yeah. fun it is once in a while in a good situation like that after Saturday Night Live when everybody's just drunk it's a good time you're not really trying to schmooze except for these three dudes um, <laughs> and this Thanksgiving party was amazing because what my friend Lisa pointed out was that it, there was no managers or agents it was just a good time Nobody had to work the next day. Obviously, it's Thanksgiving. So it was like just a really great time. It wasn't just like, oh, you talk to my manager, talk to my... It wasn't... Everybody was down. You could talk to anybody you wanted to do. Everybody was just drunk and having a great time. It was really great. Um, I remember I had a make-out contest uh, with a girl, uh, with uh, Christopher from uh, The Sopranos. Oh, really? He was kissing somebody, and I was kissing, like, we we had a, like a makeout contest because uh, you know, he was right there, and he's like, "I know what you're doing." Um, but yeah, it was. Every, I remember um, one of the guys from the Beastie Boys who just died uh, was there all the time. There was a couple people that were there all the time, and I'd just see them there. That's how me and Artie started reconnecting it because I'd see him at least there every year, oh, really? even though we lost touch for a couple of years. Artie Lang, right. um, and like I said, Darren Aronofsky was there, and Rachel Wise, and at the time, um, when was this? For years, like I would say it just ended four years ago, oh, maybe, wow. so it's completely recent, yeah, but it was going for like ten years, and it was a complete invitation only party, but these these guys with the t shirts they actually had the cards, they were so good at what they do, and there was this other guy who I think I've talked about in the show guys, his name was michael paynes and and he was he's just amazing, I mean this guy worked his schmoozing into like this movie where you got to make out with Gwyneth Paltrow. Wow. Uh, I'll explain it another time because it's a legendary story. Um, but he, in fact, so he's so good at what he does. And, and, and these three guys, they're kind of annoying, but I like them because they're consistent in, in their genius of what they do, you know. Um, so I really like them a lot because I'm, I'm mesmerized by them, you know. Yeah. And this guy, Michael Payne, he, I mean, I don't, he schmoozed Alan Cumming, who just hosted the Tonys, and his friend at the time, Jennifer, uh, I can't think of her name. She's the girl in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, I can't think of oh, it. Oh, yeah, I can't The really think pretty young one who slept with everybody, you know, and uh, like yeah. rat, and then slept, of course, with Damone. Jeez, you got any iced tea? You know, that girl that he was with. Yeah. 
listen, I just want to tell you, she's a very aggressive girl. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, the two of them made a movie where they played husband and wife, which, of course, is ridiculous since he's flaming gay. Um, as you would know if you saw the Tonys where he was wearing these ridiculous shorts. So I was tweeting live throughout the Tonys. <laughs> like, I was just like, isn't there one TV set in New York City at a sports bar in New York City they can spare for the Tonys? You know, meanwhile, the NBA playoffs are going on. And that's my favorite day of the year. Really? It's all my favorite things. <laughs> sports and theater. Sports and musical theater. Awesome. Yeah. Did you watch the Tonys? I did not. Huh? No, I know. And here's what I thought I heard you say. What? What? <laughs> what were you doing? I, you know what? I didn't Having even know it was on. Having sex or something fun? <laughs> you didn't know it was on. I'm yeah. confused. I know. I don't Wait, know you didn't happened. listen to the... I don't know. I was just... I guess I was just completely out of it. As usual. No, listen. You're not alone. Nobody watched them except me. You know, me and Doug Benson were the only ones tweeting about the Tonys. <laughs> It's so funny. Doug Benson's a comedian. He's really good. And he's got a legendary podcast that is like the biggest podcast like there is. Oh, really? Yeah. And he let me be on it at the Gramercy Park Theater um, about two years ago, which was really nice. And we talk about movies and stuff. So it's great. But I didn't realize he was like such a huge theater guy. In fact, he's such a huge theater guy because, you know, it's considered pretty gay. And he's like a manly dude. Nobody's ever said he's good, but he loves theater. He might like it more than I do. Because he, he, and I don't know how that's possible, but um, like he invited the cast of Godspell to the podcast. Really? Yeah, the because they were there in the dressing room with them. You know, I was there with them and I hadn't seen the new production of Godspell because I don't care for that particular production. Because only because my mother makes me nervous. I can't, I'm not allowed to see anything with uh, Jesus Christ in there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he invited the cast. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty gay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's you gotta love theater well you yeah I mean be. no I just I don't know I'm not that up on theater right huh? now I know no I, why would you be <laughs> okay you have a daughter who I always get into fights with all the time and you know I mean um, you have a lot of stuff going on I do your daughter and I were fighting for about a year and a half and we've subsequently made up and now everything's pretty good good uh, we were fighting over you know we had a very oh, big right, controversy right. over which day uh, Purim came over and then it just sprawled into like a year long feud and then we've made up again whereas fact your daughter is I tell everybody about your daughter that yeah. she's looking to meet somebody I'm kidding no about that stupid oh, Digifest that YouTube. was this week yeah, the, listen folks M- Michelle's daughter was the one that turned me on to her I mean apparently Everybody knows about this. I'm, you know, old man, and that, and, and <laughs> people over thirty are old no, when it comes no, to this. I have to tell you, she has babysitters or did. I mean, she doesn't anymore. But a year or two when she first started getting into this, um, she would have a babysitter or something that was like twenty two or twenty four. They had no, and idea they had no. Okay, so that makes me feel yeah. ten times better, right? Yeah, no. I so she's showing me this thing about these kids that do these like pranks and they are gay pranks. I mean, they are just, <laughs> they're horrible. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're just lame. They're, yeah, they're lame. Like sitting around the pool. They're sitting around each other. It's this so is what stupid. they do. She showed me because, and the the kids are like seventeen, eighteen, right? So this is what they do. They'll be in a hotel room or something, and they look a little. They're very put together, and they look a little gay, but I guess they're not. I I, I can't tell. But they're really like, okay, I'm gonna prank my best friend and tell him I don't want to be friends with him anymore. 
<laughs> Did you see that one? No. no. And so he's got the phone and he's just holding it up to his mouth and he's smiling at the camera. He goes, uh, yeah, hey, it's, uh, it's Josh. And he's like, hey, what's going on? Listen, um, I don't think our friendship of uh, 10 years is working out. So, and he's like laughing. So, um, I don't think we can be friends anymore. And the guy in the lawn is like devastated. And, and it's not set up. It's just stupid. And he's like, why, why don't you want to be friends? I just can't do it anymore, you know? You know, like, it's just stupid. And then, like, two minutes later, he's like, nah, I'm just busting on you. That had two million know, hits. Two million hits. Now, Michelle, you know I've done puppet picks. I know. And it, the, those things are 10 years old. I have 20 hits. 20. <laughs> One of them had Sarah Silverman in them, whose other stuff has six million hits. And how many hits did that one get? A hundred. Oh. Yeah, that was a good one for me. <laughs> I yeah. <know. laughs> I mean... Then there's a video where this guy just says, hey, kids, if you want to be good, you want to get to where you're going, Friday nights, come home, do your homework. Just get it done. Do it. <laughs> then you have the whole weekend, right? Then Monday, you know, just get home, do your homework, listen to your parents. And I'm like, what's the gag? What's going to happen? <laughs> there was no gag. Two and a half million hits. Oh, my God. So then she tells me about what happened last week. People, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, last week, this story is relevant, Michelle took her daughter to City Field to see these kids perform, where the Mets play. Yeah. I actually, her dad actually took her. And they don't Can I tell you, they, sing or dance. They waited two hours to get in. I think tickets were $100. And... Yeah, these As kids. you can see my face, I know. my mouth dropped, <laughs> I know. shaking my head in awe. Now I and met, you're right, they can't perform at all. They, they, have to, they it, don't do it's anything. Ridiculous. That's what I told, I yeah. told you, daughter. I was like, wait, um, so what do they do? They sing and dance? Like, you know, and she goes, no, they take questions from the audience. And I'm like, you, well, I, I, I was stuttering. It's like I do now. I have nothing to say. I was just like, well, I, wait a minute. Let me just see if I have this straight again. And yeah. I think somebody comes in and tries to choreograph them and get them to do a dance routine, but they're not dancers, and it is just painful, painful to watch. This is the second year in a row she went. I know. I know. I don't even know. I can't handle it. I'm trying to get people to listen to this podcast. I enjoy doing it. And it warms me inside when people say, I love your podcast. I listen every week. It makes me so happy. <laughs> These kids... <laughs> They're not even doing... I, I try. I set up topics. I have clips. They don't even... They, I'm going to do a gag where I tell my best friend. I'm going to do that to you now. This is what they do. I'm like, Michelle, I don't, I don't think we should hang out in the building anymore. I'm sorry. You, you've just, done that to me before. I, I, I know. Life, uh, so. All right, but now we're just faking. Oh, okay. um, listen, um, I just don't think we should hang out in the building anymore. What? Look, Michelle, my decision is final. Two million hits. <laughs> because that's what I just did is, is so classic, so epic. And she gave me the names of all these people. She gave me the names. She goes, you got to look these up. You got to look these up. And I was looking them up. And one of the girls so pretty. Like, they, there was a bunch of four boys and four girls, and they date each other, and they tell stories about it. I mean, I kind of get it, but the, the Digifest, I don't get. The City Field, I don't get. Plus, I met one of the guys the night before I went to Sarah's show. I met one of the guys that handles these people. Oh. One of the guys who handles YouTube make them stars. And I'm like, could you do that to me? And he's like, no, you're too old by 40 years. Oh uh, I'm like, you mother. I, I'm sorry, but you're, yeah, you've seen it. I, I, I try to explain that. this to people they cannot understand. I know. I think you have to be below 20 or to understand it. I don't, it's very strange. 
But it's like, it's even worse than that because they don't even have any talent. I know. <laughs> to, to play at City Field, and, and that's a tour. City Field isn't yeah, their only they, stop, they right? These, <laughs> yeah, they have big tour buses that they go around the country in. David Tell has been doing stand-up comedy for almost 30 years. And he's over the moon if he gets to play a town hall <laughs> here in Manhattan, which seats you know thousands. Uh, that's a great venue for him, but he has to share it with other people. Because I don't think he can fill it out just yet. He's not Louis. He's not Amy Schumer. And quite frankly, if I can be honest, Louis C.K., who is the best comic in the country, I don't think he could fill up City Field. At the, well, he probably could. Mm. But damn, right? I, I mean, know. like he's done Madison Square Garden a couple times. Maybe he could fill up City, City Field. But I mean, that's what you're talking about. And these kids are yeah. filling up City. How many of them are there? Are there a lot? I don't. She only uh, showed me acts? seven. I have no idea. Kids to be honest and, with you. Yeah, I don't know. I think there are a lot. You know, there are um, these young girls who do, like, makeup tutorials, and I don't know. What well, that, okay, stuff. so uh, now uh, I had no idea you knew this. <laughs> I thought you know this is what I do, uh, but you actually watch Dog with a Blog? You know that's my favorite show. You didn't know that was my favorite no, show? No, I love Dog with a Blog. What about this? Are you kidding me? Unless you hear him, too. Because in that case, alert the media, we've got the world's first talking dog. I thought I was the world's first talking. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Stan is so funny, isn't he? But I like that girl on it, too. You know, um, she's a, yeah, she's G great. Hannah, is her name. So she, re I talk about dog with blog nonstop on the podcast. So she retweeted one of my uh, oh, tweets. Really? I was like, so happy. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it was like, Really happy, but then when I was telling people, and they're like, "Oh my God, well, how old is she? 16. You know, then it gets creepy. Yeah. And then, um, but I keep thinking, and I use that as an example. Like, if I was that age back then, and like Steve um, Lee Majors, you know, the Six Million Dollar yeah. Man, had retweeted one of my tweets back then, that would have been like the greatest day of my life. I felt that way when she did it. <laughs> I don't know why I like this show. I watched it last night. I took a pot brownie last night. I ate oh, it. Oh, really? And I don't know why. It was one of those things. It's exactly what happened to me and Sarah many years ago that's in her book where we did, you know, this acid together, which I would never do again. Um, and I was drunk. She caught me. I had been doing tequila that night. I was wasted. And she goes, hey, look what I got. And we just did it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Woo. And I'd never done it before. Oh and I'm like, God. this is horrible. <laughs> like, you know, 13 hours later, I'm like, why? <laughs> so it was one of those things. I was in a very bad mood. That's why I did the podcast yesterday. I know I needed a couple of drinks. I got a little drinks. And Lee's, uh, probably shouldn't say, but, you know, this guy had uh, some you know brownies and and they're legal you know in california and colorado and stuff so i was just like ah, i'm gonna do it and then um that was a mistake because I, I had trouble sleep you know it lasts like for me a long time i'm not cool enough to just sit around and be like hey cool because i was high and drunk and that yeah. presented uh the mix was uh too much i think so i was uh out of it today pretty much so while you were high on this brownie, you said, I'm going to watch Oh, Dog so Dog with the Blog would relax me. <laughs> and uh, I found myself, you know, I was just sitting like a lump. I was just like, oh, when will this go away? And then um, I found myself laughing out loud. I don't know what it is. It's something <laughs> about that dog. I He's really like, like it He too. wouldn't get off the couch. And they wanted to put him as an outside dog. And the kids were protesting because, you know, he just decided he was going to stay on the couch. And it's really funny because, uh, well, I guess only to you and me. I can't tell you what a pleasure this is <laughs> that I actually met somebody else. 
I mean, yeah. You know. Unfortunately, my daughter doesn't watch that anymore, and sometimes I feel. How like, did you find out about it? Well, I used to watch it with her, but now she doesn't watch it. She's grown out of it, and so when I see it, I'm like, oh, should I watch it or not? Am That's I brilliant. A, a sleepover is just what we need to get our creative juices flowing. My first sleepover. <laughs> I don't want to get you too excited, but someone's a night farter. <laughs> That dog's unbelievable. <laughs> I like the opening credits where he, uh, you know, he always pops, he photobombs all the pictures. Yeah. All right. We can't talk about it. Okay. People get so angry. <laughs> they don't get angry. They just don't understand. Right. They just don't understand. Well, let's quick over to uh, breaking news. Breaking news on the Dave Juskow podcast today. Christopher Lee has died. Now, a lot of you say, I don't know who Christopher Lee is, <laughs> as you were making that inquisitive face. Uh, I, Christopher Lee, I believe, is in Lord of the Rings and a bunch of other, I mean, he was 90-something. He's done everything. Oh, okay, he was wow. Dracula. He was uh, all this stuff. The reason why I bring it up today, and he just died today, I think. Uh, we film, we're filming this on Thursday. Is um, He's in uh, uh, you know an iconic scene in a James Bond movie called oh. The Man with the Golden Gun. And uh, here's the clip. You live well, Scaramanga. As a million dollars a contract, I can afford to, Mr. Bond. You work for peanuts. A hearty well done from Her Majesty the Queen and a pittance of a pension. Apart from that, we are the same. To us, Mr. Bond, we are the best. There's a useful four-letter word, and you're full of it. <laughs> when I kill, it's on the specific orders of my government. And those I kill are themselves killers. Oh, come, come, Mr. Bond. You disappoint me. You get as much fulfillment out of killing as I do, so why don't you admit it? I admit killing you would be a pleasure. Isn't that great stuff? Right. <laughs> it goes much slower than you think in the movie. It seems so... Uh... You know, it's so, uh, you know, Sometimes, when you're a little boy, yeah. it's the greatest scene ever. You know, like, uh, Scaramanga's just putting his gun together. Uh, the best part about that is I'm not the only one that uh, really cares about that scene, and that's why I know him the best from just being a Bond villain. But um, there's a movie called The Trip, or it was a TV show, a six series. It's a British show with Steve Coogan and Rob Brighton, I think his name is. Have you ever seen it? No. It's really funny. It's um, a lot of people know about it, a lot of people don't know about it. And when you get turned on to it, it's good. I don't know if it's for a lot of women. Women hate imitations. So uh, that's what I found in my travels. <laughs> um, but it's these two guys, and they go on a like a dining tour of like Europe. Oh, I think I remember seeing... Do you? The, yeah, that was, that was only out like a... Yeah, a couple wait, years ago. Wait, was it a movie or a TV show? It was a movie. It was, it was out like both. a year ago. At first it was a TV series, and they cut it into okay. a movie, and they actually, I think, made a mistake with what they did with the movie. But they also made a second one recently. Okay. Um, but it, yeah, it's become rather yeah, I iconic. Feel like a year ago, I saw it on. Um, That's right. You know, yeah, you probably did. So they go around and, just, and they just do imitations, trying to outdo each other, and it's really funny and it's really great. And here's uh, them doing that scene. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. I'm saying that bit. All right, no, but just, say, just don't a caricature. Try and do it real. Come, come. come, Mr. Bond. Shut up! Don't tell me how to act. Uh, well, I bloody should do. Why? Because sometimes you tend to sort of, you know, crank it up a bit. You yeah. Know. So Whereas the you bit. are widely regarded as the king of understatement. All right, I would do like this. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You get just as much of. 
Come, come. Try and get the lines right. All right. As, as, as a rule, it's okay. more effective if you, okay. if you don't okay. fluff the line. Okay. But I'll deliver it with a nice bit of understatement. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. That was the All right, worst okay, all right, this is, this is it, this is it. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure <laughs> from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. They just, they do this, this is, I can see where women would not be into this. Yeah. They do this for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, my God. So, but boys like me, who worship that, I'm like... This is the greatest movie that's ever been made. You know, I mean, think about that, right? I love that scene. You had no idea that scene existed, and I'm sitting here going, "Like, come, come, Mr. Bond." I mean, I probably do that line <laughs> every I'm day. Really glad I didn't rent that movie. What? <laughs> the trip? Yeah. It's really good. You could, you can, you might be able to get into it. It's really entertaining. Um, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yes, that was our uh, breaking news for today. Christopher Lee dead at the age of ninety-two or four. I can't remember which. Lived a full life, did very well for himself. I don't know what else he was. I just that wasn't the guy in the Sound of Music. No, that's Christopher Plummer. Okay, I get them mixed up sometimes. Anyway, done and done. We played a clip at the uh, first uh, portion of the show. The new Triple Crown winner. Did you oh, watch that? Yeah. Did you watch you know the Belmont what? Stakes? I did watch it. You I was, did. I was on my way out, and I was upset because I was meeting somebody at seven, and I was going to miss it. And as I was walking to my meeting place, I popped into a pizza's parlor and they had it on the screen so i watched it there so i just i kind of just caught a minute of it where do they have a pizza parlor uh these <laughs> days uh, I, were you a character of the brady bunch that uh, you were heading down there and it's like i know yeah, that's pretty uh, unbelievable I there, my shoes TV. off at the cobbler <laughs> <laughs> well I'm glad, yeah it was very entertaining you know um so many years it's been close i used to go to the belmont stakes a lot and then i stopped going because it was just too crowded and such a yeah. mess especially in a triple crown year but Boy, uh, it certainly was entertaining, oh God, and I'm so amazing. glad it finally happened, and it was like getting annoying after a while when you just can't break that curse in a way, and not a curse, but you know, I mean, yeah. when these horses, like there's always some, somebody thinks something went wrong or whatever. I was just glad, like it was only eight horses that ran, so I'm like, okay, now he's got a full chance to do it. He's running down where I usually go, to the Monmouth Racetrack, I think in August. Uh, oh, yeah. But I'm not going to, it gets too crowded uh, with normal people that day. You know, usually right. it's just the degenerate to myself at the track, and that's what I prefer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty exciting. American Pharaoh winning. And um, here's something I, uh, oh, here's, I wanted to talk about this. This is just a couple of things in the in the news I wanted to talk about and ask your opinion. What do you okay. don't look at the stuff? Sorry, sorry. Everybody's so fascinated by the, you know, the news clippings I pull out uh, of everything. Two days ago, there was an article where the Empire State Building, the people that own the Empire State Building, had to pay a Muslim family from Long Island because they sued them after security guards booted them from the observation deck for praying. Now, I'm pissed. I don't think the Empire State Building should have prayed. Now, the couple says they were menacingly poked while they were praying. What are they doing praying at the Empire State Building? You know, they're dressed in the, you know, they got the beards, they got the, the wife's got the thing, you can't see yeah, anything. If, if that makes people nervous. How do they not know that? That makes people nervous. Well, if you're praying, I know, no, I no. If you're praying on the street, I know when it's sundown. I see a lot right. of those well, praying on 46th saying. Street. It was 11 o'clock at night. What are they praying at that? Now I know I've I've talked know. to one of the guys that I know that is a Muslim. I went. I was best man at his wedding, and I asked him about this, and they said they. He told me they have to pray five times a day. Right. But what I'm saying is, 
is it necessary for one of those times to be at the Empire State Building? Is it really necessary? Couldn't you do it before or after? You, besides, have you been to the Empire State Building on the observation deck recently? No, I'm not, not. When was the last time you went? Like in the when 80s or the 70s? Yeah. Exactly. That was a big area. There was a lot of place. Now it's different. I've been up there about 10 years ago, and it's really small. It's really crowded. I don't. They changed something, unless we just have memories of when we were a kid. Right. They changed something, and it was crowded and annoying. If they're sitting there praying where people can't get by because they're praying, let alone if these guys are praying, you know, on the, on the Empire State, I mean, how, does, how do they not respect it's making people uncomfortable? That's all I'm saying. And how does the Empire State Building say, we'll pay your demands? That's like they just gave in, in a way, to like a terror, because they were strangholding. Uh, why are they praying on the top of the Empire State Building? I know they want to be closer to God, and maybe that's their know. plan. I mean, but I don't know what happened that day. But that's disrespectful to, to people that very, get nervous about that kind of stuff. In this day and age, I'm talking about on the top of an iconic building okay. that the one you used to be able right, to right, see okay. was killed by those uh, not those people not you know all Muslims it was uh, you know that kind of country I'm just saying I think it's very selfish and that's the word I use all the time talking about Caitlyn Jenner (laughs) selfish you know somebody else is suing him for the car crash where he killed somebody nobody's talking about that he killed people in a car crash do you know why because Caitlyn Jenner should not be driving because she's thinking of her penis getting cut off she has so many thoughts on her mind she should not be driving a motor vehicle Michelle your thoughts uh, do I have to have thoughts on this? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm just saying. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm making fun a little bit, but it's like, I mean, nobody's talking about the car crash. They're like, "What a brave soul!" I'm like, he's not even taking responsibility for killing those people. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. I didn't really read about the circumstances. Isn't that time, funny? <laughs> There's nothing but uh, stuff about him. I know. Nothing about this. He killed somebody. Nobody cares. Nobody's a woman now. And I say he wasn't paying attention. I don't think it was totally his fault. But, you know, he wasn't paying attention because he's thinking of his penis getting possibly cut off. It's not cut off yet, but he's like, should I? Hmm. I don't think I could drive like I couldn't even go to work like that. And if I was if that was the thoughts I was having, how would I do anything else? How could I think about anything else? He got his Adam's apple (laughs) shaved. I'd be thinking about that. I could not drive a motor vehicle knowing that was going to happen. Your thoughts? Um, I don't know. That's all right. <laughs> Just, um, oh, here's the other. Now, here's something I'm interesting. I'm trying to actually locate your Adam's apple. I don't know whether I have one. I, I never know. look I until I, I see other people's, and then I'm like, I must have one too. But it, must, maybe it's not but, as prominent yeah. as when I see other people's that make me, um, I can't even watch them after a while because I see them swallowing. You know, I feel bad. <laughs> I would probably get that done if I didn't like it. You know, I've already got my nose done and my chin. Might as well go the whole way. Yeah. That was all on my I grandmother's advice. I don't think it's a advice. problem, though. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't see yours either. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I had mine shaved. Did you? No. That's so smart. You might as well get it done way in advance. Yeah. Now, have you heard about the movie Aloha? I have. Have you seen it? No. I know you got to see it. How was Pitch Perfect 2? It was cute. <laughs> <laughs> it made a lot of money, you know. I know. And, you know, I went and saw it over that at that movie theater by Bloomingdale's where right. you can fully recline in the leather seats. I don't know whether that's going to work awesome. for me. I'm going to fall asleep right. probably. Don't they serve drinks too? Um, they have like cappuccinos and stuff. Oh, that's but better. But I don't okay. think they have drink drinks. So it was it was great. You, I've never been there yet. 
It was. It's awesome. Really. And it costs a couple dollars more, but it's totally nice worth too it, because right. yeah, and and you pick your seat in advance or when you buy your ticket. Oh, brilliant! So it's kind of nice because you can buy them online and then just show up right when the movie's starting, and you don't have to worry about where am I going to sit and you know am I going to get a good seat and all that. Yeah, I couldn't go with you because I hadn't seen Pitch Perfect One, oh. <laughs> which is uh, if you're doing a Tony's podcast and you haven't seen Pitch Perfect One, what's the matter with me? Yeah, exactly. Wait, did you? Oh yeah, you didn't see that. I think the what? first one was better. Oh, okay. Love it. Well, um, like I said, the second one is making it beat the shit out of Mad Max like I the know. second week. You know, I mean, I'm talking about like I made seventy million dollars in Mad Max, made thirty. It was like a huge drop off. Yeah, but um, the movie Aloha is a Cameron Crowe movie. That's the guy that wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, I mean, it's unbelievable, yeah. right? I mean, you gotta love this guy. It's unbelievable, Cameron Crowe. He wrote that and Jerry Maguire, uh, a bunch of stuff. You know what clip I'm looking for, everybody. Can you honestly tell me that you forgot? Forgot the magnetism of Robin Zander or the charisma of Rick Nielsen? That's kid stuff. Kid stuff? Well, how about the tunes? I want you to want me. The dream police. Da -da 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 -da. Your mama's alright. Your dad is alright. But just seem a little bit weak. Nothing, Michelle? You don't like that? Oh, I love it. Did you ever see Fast Times Ridge Mountain? Of course Monday? I did. Oh, all right. Well, I'm, well if you could see your facial expression, you'd think you haven't seen anything. <laughs> uh, did you know that's, that's what that movie was from? Yes, of okay, course I did. Excellent. Well, anyway, the writer of that movie, mm -hmm. Cameron Crowe, wrote another movie called Aloha with George Clooney and um, George Clooney. Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he. I didn't know he was in it. He's the lead. It's uh, <laughs> in Aloha. I thought it was Bradley Cooper. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm a dick. Yeah, you are. You're absolutely right. It's Bradley Cooper. Yeah. And Emma Stone. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Let's <laughs> see if I'm going to edit my own show. <clears throat> um, so apparently the people in uh, Emma Stone plays an Air Force fighter pilot mm -hmm. of Chinese, Hawaiian, and Swedish descent. Okay. And the people in Hawaii are angry that a native Hawaiian wasn't cast. Now, this kind of stuff I talk about all the time because people are just getting out of control. I I kind of get what they're saying, but who's the people in Hawaii? I mean, this, this movie is like bombing one in the theaters, dude. right? It's like, always one asshole who's going to like, why isn't this happening? Now, I talk about this all the time because why isn't anybody complaining about these British actors? Like the guy who plays Spider-Man, Emma Stone's boyfriend, who's playing Spider-Man with an American accent. So we're not giving the Americans any of the work. Why are people complaining about that? I talk about this all the time. Now, granted, he does a flawless American accent, and he's really good at it. And he was good in the Facebook movie, too. But God damn it, why are we talking about that? They're worried about the Hawaiian people? I'm worried about Americans. We're giving all the work away. People from Australia, and then they change their accents to pretend to be American? Why isn't anybody complaining about that? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'm complaining about it. And this guy, Aoki, is the one. Now, this guy is a major troublemaker. He fucked Sarah once. Not in real life. Sorry. I mean, he fucked her over. Oh, okay. Sorry. Because <laughs> that could have happened. But no, this guy's a dick. Many years ago, like 20 years ago, she did a joke on Conan. Um, it was something like, uh, you know that old joke was like, uh, I'm Chinese, me play joke, me put pee-pee in your Coke? She did something like that when she goes, I met a Chinese guy and he put he put pee-pee in my Coke. It was like an old joke that everybody knows and she just did that joke. Well, this guy went off on what a racist she is. I mean, this is Sarah and this okay. is what she does and this is 20 years ago so now she 
I don't know, maybe now it's worse. I, I don't even know. This guy, Aoki, resurfaces again. He's the president of the Media Action Network for Asian Americans, which he's the only member of. And he was the one that called that there's, a, you know, that he's uh, in a huff over the fact that they didn't use a real Hawaiian, <laughs> who I guess now they're considering part Asian or something. I mean, it's uh, and 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 Cameron Crowe apologized, and that makes me pissed off too. Just own up. Yeah. You're if if he's saying if you go off and you're saying she's half Chinese, half Swedish, right. half you know whatever. We don't know what she. What are you right, saying? Exactly. So you're saying you're being prejudiced because she looks too white. There I don't you know. Go. This kind of stuff bothers me only because of the American thing, like I told you. I don't like these guys using uh, phony accents. And it's on all the TV shows, too. It drives me crazy. Then I, I'm like, whoa, whoa. This guy was British? Took the mentalist? You know, uh, Simon whatever face. I mean, when I find out that they talk, that they're actually not American, it pisses me off. I don't know what to tell you. The only guy I let go of this is uh, Sarah's boyfriend because, you know, he's an all right oh, guy. Right. You know, like, <laughs> well, he's a really good actor. <laughs> but, but he does everything. He usually uses his British accent. However, on the show he's doing now on Showtime, he doesn't. Still bothers me. Right. That's why I won't watch that show. I'll watch anything else he's in. I had to see Far From the Maddening Crowd. That's, let me tell you, it's, it's a lot of work to put into watch oh, something, is, doing is a favor. Yeah. Oh, how was it? <laughs> Excellent. You know, let me tell you some wonderful actor. I mean, this guy is an amazing actor. And, um, you know, he's wonderful. He'd probably be nominated. Um, but the important thing is that he's a good man. I, mean, I like him a lot, and I like his parents. <laughs> Great. Yeah, they're really fun, you know, because they're Welsh. Mm-hmm. Welsh people are just always fun. I don't think I could ever meet a Welsh family. I can't imagine them not being entertaining. They just all like to drink. It's not being a stereotype in any way. They 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 like to go out and party and drink and drink and eat. You know, it's not like Sounds my good. mother, who's like no fun whatsoever. <laughs> Which you know, I, that's why she doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. All we do is bash I'm not my mother. Comment on that. <laughs> well, remember, remember how mad night. she got at your uh, at your daughter and me that time because we uh, use that because uh, we have a friend in the building named Sharon Shamtov, and I've talked about it on the show. And I redo the Hanukkah prayer where it's something like Baruch uh, Sharon Shamtov, whatever it sounds really like her last name sounds like one of the prayers so I did that and remember that look yes. and Charlotte was laughing that's when we started bonding again because my mother was mad at both of us just because she was laughing at it right. because she's like don't encourage him yeah that was like two years ago right maybe three yeah. I don't know yeah I had everybody every, you know I, was, I liked the candles I lit the candles on the show the, uh, this past December with did. David Tell uh, we did it I always liked the Hanukkah candles I don't know I enjoyed doing that but um, it was nice and you guys came over and Rachel and yeah, her boyfriend fun. were here and my sister and the kids yeah, were here because it was like the day before Thanksgiving that weird year yeah exactly where Hanukkah came on that year so it was perfect um, I don't know whether you heard but uh, you know Seinfeld right you've seen the show I have so Jason Alexander was on the Howard Stern show and he revealed that the girl that played his wife on the show, uh, her name is Heidi Swedberg, but um, was, oh, her name is Susan, remember? And they yeah, killed her off. And of I mean, it's, you know, everybody knows. Well, he said, without saying she was a bad actress, he basically like just threw her under the bus and he feels really bad about it now and just said, I, we killed her off because I couldn't work. She was giving me nothing. She's a really bad comic actress, I guess. Oh, really? And so apparently the story is that he, he couldn't work with her. He was getting nothing from her. Everything he was doing, she just wasn't getting it or whatever. And nobody noticed because he was the only one that had scenes with her. 
So until Elaine and and Jerry had, uh, you know, or Julie Louis Dreyfus and, Jer- and Jerry had scenes with them, then they realized, hey, you know, you're right. <laughs> And then they had a meeting, and they're like, "Let's just go off," you know. So that's why that happened. Wow. Um, yeah, I just thought that was part of the plan from the beginning, you know. But yeah. um, apparently not. So I feel bad for her. But in the paper, you know, it was, it was like the front page of the Post. Must have been a very slow news day, and um, they they have the last line. I have it here. Oh no, I don't have it here. All right. Well, the important thing is the last line says. Well, because you, you feel bad for this one actress, but the last line is, well, now she's doing okay. She's um, she's in a, a ukulele band. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty much the worst thing, right, <laughs> that you can do after, not only after you get killed off on an iconic show and you've never been heard from again, but then when somebody says you're also a bad actor, yes. like, but she's in a ukulele <laughs> band. But the funny thing is she made the cover of uh, ukulele Daily would have oh like the June twenty four the June twenty fourteen cover of Ukulele magazine, That's and um, I know it's funny, right? So she's actually doing really well, but it's like lame. This is her. Wow, a little sexy, time, a sexual one. What's odd about that is that it's uh, supposed to be made for kids, and she's like teaching them. But that sounded sexual, didn't it? Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah, that first part. Oh, make me feel so good. And then I would be like, boy, I'm so turned on by that. But then you'd see her playing the ukulele and you'd be like, maybe not so much. I, I've I, always... I went on a date once and someone pulled out a ukulele and serenaded me with his ukulele. You're joking. I swear to God. Start from the beginning. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, All right. For how long ago was this? This was probably, it, it, it's it an, had it's to be important. like a year and a half or so ago. Just, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Just a year and a half. I thought for sure you were going to say 1992. I mean, no. oh my God, a yeah. year and a half ago. Okay, yeah. so this is because where you would pull out a ukulele in Manhattan, I can't begin to imagine. That's what I'm saying. Because I've been talking about oh dating and how God. difficult it is. In Manhattan, you know, people, if you're listening from other places in the country, dating in Manhattan is very complicated. It, I mean, there's goods in bed, but it's very complicated yeah. to get the goodnight kiss in because you're out and about, you're waiting for a cab or you're in a cab. There's no sure thing of where the date's going to have an ending because when you're in the suburbs, everybody's driving and there's always going to be where you're going to drop somebody off and then there's the moment where it's either going to happen yeah. or it's not. So you, it's very difficult to get that moment. It's very difficult to be a man in this city and work out a moment where you can kiss somebody and it normally happens either at a bar or in the middle of the street and it's really awkward. So everybody's watching and then if you <laughs> fail, you look like a complete douchebag, especially in front of the cab driver or anything. I mean, there's no intimate moment. And so what I'm saying to you, if you're telling me that some guy went on a date with you and somehow pulled a ukulele out of his ass... <laughs> So wait, how, how, this was the first date? Yes. Okay, so where did you go first? So we went to dinner. We had dinner. Um, where, which neighborhood? Too? Here, we were over here. Okay. Um, at that restaurant Ethos, you know? Oh, the Greek one. Yeah, yeah, the okay. Greek one. So, <laughs> okay, um, that's crowded yeah. and full of people. Yeah, okay. full of people. Oh, boy. And then... Um, Remember when we went there, we had that huge fish, 
and then you had to pay like a thousand dollars for the guy's birthday for yes. our friend uh, Kruger. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we went for his birthday, and they they told us to buy. No, you got to get the big fish, and it was like that fish that was in the Sopranos where he no, got all that even, gas. It wasn't even that big. It was just it was flown in from Sicily or yeah, something. I should have known. Um, yeah, I, sh- I also should have known to ask how much it was. So. <laughs> right, right. That was Whatever. the one flaw to the plan. <laughs> and I'm like, geez, I'm a little short on cash. Uh. <laughs> He's your friend. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we walked up Sutton Place. So um, our building is near, you know, the river with those little parks. Yes, and I talk about it all the time. We, um, so that wild boar park. Right, right, right. Because yeah, so I would talk out, about it all the time because yeah. the other one, I mean, basically these parks are where the poster for the movie Manhattan takes place uh, from Woody Allen's Manhattan. The poster of Manhattan right. is right here exactly. on 58. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, apparently I had mentioned to him that I would, had been listening to a lot of Amy Winehouse at the time. So he, um, who he was not familiar with somehow. But what? Yeah. <laughs> How old was he? You don't have to say. He was, he was my age. 22? absolutely not um and so he learned the song rehab and because you told him that (laughs) you but you said this was the first date it was the first date but we had happened to have oh you had um, to talk on the phone a little bit okay you know whatever um and actually you know we had very good conversations and stuff but when we met in person there was like no chemistry at all what did he especially when he whipped out the ukulele Well, well, what did he look like um i don't know he, I mean, he looked okay. Well, I mean, was he heavy or no? Was he was okay. fit. So wait, um, so then, but so you went to the park that was it nighttime already? Yeah, it was nighttime. And you just sat on a bench. Yeah. And he happened to have his ukulele with him. Yeah, he like brought, he bought it on the date just in case it went well. Yeah. Did you ask him what was? What, did he have it in a backpack? No, yeah, or was he had it disguised? like a backpack. He had a backpack or something. And he just so you were sitting on the bench and he pulled out the ukulele. Yeah. And started singing rehab to impress and, you. And then you immediately went for his pants and started unbuttoning. Wait, no? Because that would have worked for me. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, how could that be? But, exactly. No, but think about that. Not That's what exactly. he was expecting. <laughs> he was uh, like, maybe, when I pull out possibly. this ukulele, yeah. I might as well just, should I take off my pants first before I pull out the ukulele? <laughs> Did he say, I'm just going to unbuckle my belt to make it easier once I pull out the ukulele. I'm no, going to pull but, something oh, out of this bag. But you know what? You're reminding me that... Um, you know, when he called me for another date and I told him, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really interested. I didn't think we had that much in common. He said, well, if you're just interested in sex, I've heard I'm a really good lover. Ew. I know. What? <laughs> I swear Somebody said that to you? Yes. I've never said that to anyone in my entire life. Of course, I'm not a good lover, so that may be why. <laughs> but I can't imagine even if I was. Why do you suppose? Yeah. Now, he went on a date with you. He's met you. You come off as a very proper person, you know, somebody that I don't, I get nervous cursing in front of. (laughs) I mean, you are fun and you're cool and you're really pretty, but you you. do, you know, you, you come off a little like I'm afraid to say a bad word in front of you. And that's the kind of, you know, kind of doll that you are. Where would he (laughs) during the date get the feeling after, what did you, so he pulls out the ukulele and he starts just singing. He doesn't say, do you mind? He just pulls it out of the bag. I think he was like, I have a surprise for you or something and pulls out the ukulele. And then he just starts singing Rehab. Yes. Rehab. <laughs> was he doing it like Amy Winehouse with the low? No, I couldn't figure out what, what song oh, it was. Oh, you didn't know what it was. No. So you must have just had 
like in Annie Hall with the, the smile frozen on your face to try exactly. and be polite. Yes. Were you staring at him or were you looking into space? You were sitting um, on a bench, I right? Think, yeah, I think I was, you know, just in shock. Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Are we being filmed right now? You know, it was one of those. Yeah, I would, yeah I would have thought you were on Impractical Jokers really or something yeah. like that. And, and at the same time, like, oh, my God, how do I get out of here? How do you get out of there? What yeah. if one of your neighbors saw you? I mean, that's exactly. even worse. Oh, my God. I, I, and I know why... Some- wasn't I walking around that day? I would have never let you forgot that. So, did anybody walk by? I mean, there are people around no, there, I right? Think it, it must have been cool or something. I don't remember. There weren't. There wasn't really anybody out, which is unusual because, I mean, you know, I have that dog, and I there's always people out and about. And you know what the funny thing is? I think if somebody did that to my sister, I I think she actually would have blown them. I think I. You know. <laughs> oh my God. I think there are girls that might fall for that. I don't know. She loves that kind of shit, but. Um, this just sounds wrong at the wrong time. Maybe you bring it out on the third date or yeah. or say, do you like ukuleles? And he's pulling it out of the bag and you're like, God, I hate them. And he just puts it all back and you don't even see it. Like he has his back turned to you. And he's like, do you like magic? And you're pulling out stuff already. And you're like, no. And you put it, mm, right, right, right. Um, wow. Yeah. I can't believe that was a year and a half ago. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think so. That's, I know. How did you never tell me that? I must have told you that. No. Really? I would have remembered. I would have opened with that. This is my friend Michelle. She's joining us today, and she has an unbelievable story of one of the worst dates ever. And then he called you thinking that he had hit such a home run with this rehab that he figured you just wanted. He was still on such the high. Like, he thought you were just going to pull off his pants and start going at him. That So much so that he was so shocked that you didn't do that that night that he called again and said, he, well, obviously you're just into sex. That, no, like, he had it, it he all was, wrong. No, he actually was calling. He wanted on the next date to come over and rent a movie and order in and all this, like, intimate stuff. I don't know. I don't really have people over my house to yeah, watch right? movies when I'm Well, not on a second, second date. date. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then so I, how did and you then leave I had to things let him down. That, that night? Um, I think I told him, like, oh, I had a nice time and, yeah, you know, I'll talk to him again or you know, oh yeah, we'll go out again because what are you supposed to say? Yeah, when yeah, you're right, standing right, right there with the person. But so um, when after the ukulele, you left the park and then you split up after that. Yeah, like I think he walked me back to the building. Do you think he had any idea that no. uh, it was a disaster? Like no. he never even once said, "I'm so sorry. I don't even know why I did that. No. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Nothing. He no knowledge of the fact that no idea. He just did this unbelievable thing. He that, also brought me like two presents or something. He brought me like a, I don't know, a pack of gum with I don't know some kind of weird stuff in a book. On your first date? Yes. Did you meet online? Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe you try. Well, <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess you, I, well, you don't remember what the what it was, though? No. Yeah, I don't think, maybe a flower would be okay, right? But uh, On a first date with someone you met online? Well, a little rose, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was just picturing the guy at his house, because, you know, certainly we've all been there, and just like... Should I put the ukulele in the backpack? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But he had no self-aware, so it doesn't even mm-hmm. matter. You know the funny thing about the ukulele, and this is what I wanted to say when we were bringing it up, is that I feel so bad for that lady from Seinfeld, Heidi Swedberg, that if, even though she's happy as a clam, it looks like, you know, she yeah. made an album of ukulele, that's what she wants to do. I made a movie about the cars that I talk about all the time, which you've seen, I believe. I right? haven't seen it. I'm oh, dying to see it. And um, we made one of the guys from the band like when we did like whatever happened to we made one of the guys a band a bad stand-up comic Mm -hmm. and we made one of them this greg formed an all ukulele band (laughs) how did you do it how did you know like we made that the ukulele band as a joke 
Uh, because, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. It's not a joke. That guy is in a ukulele band. I forgot. The guy actually is in a ukulele band, and he, and he's so weird. From the beginning, I forgot he actually was in a ukulele band, but it's but you know it's considered a, a joke. So I feel bad for this woman. Like now, she's a horrible actor. And you know what she's doing now? She's in a ukulele band. <laughs> but she made the cover of Ukulele uh, Weekly, so uh, Ukulele Monthly Weekly. Imagine if there's a weekly magazine for oh ukuleles. Oh my god, no. Um, yeah, so there's that. Yeah, you got to see the Cars movie. Everybody, right? Because we were talking about with Seth Herzog exactly, the other day. Exactly. Right, he wants to do it at the uh, Slipper Room. Um, we're almost out of time, actually. Oh Can you imagine? Isn't that funny that it goes yeah, so fast? Uh, I got to say, I you know I have always stuff that I got to do and I want to talk about stuff. But um, I have a great. You're a great guest. Turns out, <gasps> who would have thought? You thank know, you, I mean, you come up with an unbelievable story. <laughs> I mean, that's a classic. You win. I forgot to mention that he also rode a unicycle. You're now you're <laughs> joking. No, oh. I swear what? to God. I swear to God. He didn't Wait ride a, a unicycle to the date, but he was a unicycler. So clearly he <laughs> plays the ukulele on the unicycle when he's running around because he's a circus performer, which now... <laughs> no, he's not. Come on. Do you know what he does? Is he a banker? He's a teacher. What kind of teacher? From reform school? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like he rides a unicycle. So this guy's uh, he's out there. And did you know any yeah. of this when you... I didn't know... Does it say on okay. his online, yeah. I ride a, a unicycle no. and a... I knew that he rode a unicycle. Um, Be- but I didn't know... it says it online or through conversation? It says it online. It says it online. And so you I know what you're getting into. Ex- well, you kind of it's do. It's kind of your fault now. It is kind of my fault. <laughs> Seriously. But he looked really... Handsome. He looked handsome online, I got to tell you. And I was thinking, he's probably, like, really got great core strength. You know, he's got to be in great shape. And it's not like he, he's a circus person. You know, he just rides around on it. I don't know. Michelle, I look great <laughs> online. Uh, I don't know if you've seen my, you know, re- my book this is, cover. This is why I've, I've given up <laughs> online dating. No, no, no. You haven't given up. You always say you're going to give up, but you never do. You'll always no, be back. I do not want to. Ever go back now, to Hey, that. listen, you're you're good at it. You don't, you're, I've always said you are cool about, like, you you put yourself out there, and that's cool, and you're good about it. Yeah, you meet a lot of clunkers, but <laughs> but you just keep trying, and that's cool. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's pretty cool. I, I can't do the online. We were talking about it today. I, I, you know, I tried it a couple times, like 10, 15 years ago, you know, when in the J date, because, you know, yeah. but, and then, and I ended up seeing my mother on there and we were, because we were compatible, what? it turned out. Well, my age limit is um, 23 to 70. Oh so God. we ended up seeing, and we ended up meeting for a date and it was so <laughs> awkward, but we had the same likes. It made sense. It made sense. Yeah, true. So I got off that and then um, I went out uh, to like one and I, you know, I mean, for, for me. Somebody who's been trying to, you know, sell TV shows or sell myself as a comedian or whatever for so much rejection. The last thing I need is multiple rejections. Mm-hmm. I put out a thousand letters and three people write back, whatever. I'm like, I need this too. Yeah. I'd rather just be rejected by one person at a bar that I ask, you know, would you like to go out or something like that? It's so much easier than the multiple. Like, how come nobody's writing me back? I have that in my daily life. I mean, yeah, you have to have a really thick skin about it. Yeah, you really do. You and do. it's just like, and clearly I don't. Otherwise, I wouldn't yeah. be, you know, doing this podcast in my house you know i'd be, be doing it at madison square garden i don't have a thick skin i get hurt all the time i, I well, you know i couldn't I take know. the rejection anymore from acting and stuff i, I kind of gave up i mean i still like would like to do it and stuff but um you know i can't deny it just uh yeah. you know it takes its toll you know and then a lot of so many people give up you know it's very difficult 
I know it's true. I and I I actually have a very thin skin, but with the online dating, not well, as you much. are. You know, I forgot to mention this. You are a really terrific artist. I mean, oh, a painter. Thank you. And I've seen Michelle's. I've gone to like you know a, a gallery where they were shown and everything. We had a really good time. Remember, you, you set me up with that girl, and then uh, she came to see me. I think I might have talked about this show. She came to see me do comedy, and then she would never see me again. In fact, she got mad at Michelle. Why did you even put me in touch with him? My my show was so bad that night. I think I was so panicked that she came um that it was horrible but Aww. um your paintings are really terrific thank you and uh yeah they i've always said you should sell them they're great they're really good and you know you should do more thanks i don't know how you do it i don't know how anybody paints i cannot understand i can't visualize it i can't work it out i'm just not that kind of person and you can. I can't draw. I can't do any of that. It's a stick figure thing for me, and I can't even do that. <laughs> and right, you made. You were kind enough to make. Um, you know the the my John Adams thing. I wanted to do. You oh, made yeah, the yeah, uh, poster right. for it, which was really great. Yeah. And um, yeah, you're wonderful. Well, you're a great you. guest. And thank uh, you. I have so much else to do, but you know, I'll just uh, keep it till next week. I mean, we got plenty of shows we got to do. I think we're going to call it a day. I don't know how you follow the ukulele story, <laughs> but you're just just in conclusion. Yes. The the guy on his site said he rides a unicycle yes. and then you still chose to go out with him. I, just, I did, I know. So there, it was a little lapse in judgment on my part. <laughs> you know, now I know. Unicycle rider, <laughs> no. That's off the list. And but he said nothing about the ukulele online. No, so he, he false actually, yeah, that, and when he <laughs> took it out, he told me it was brand new. He had just taught himself to, to play it. Like just so, for the date, yeah. which is even creepier. Exactly. I didn't play it exactly. up until we started talking and you said you, you like music. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta. I kind of want to meet this guy. Is he living in the neighborhood? Can you point him out? No, he doesn't. Not around Thank anymore. God. Oh, damn. God, I would love to see that. I did see him unicycling around. The city no, you're once. joking. I swear to God, you are I did. joking. I swear to God. Well, if I see that, I'm gonna know who it is. Yeah, that's I gonna know. Be legendary. Well, yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, wouldn't that be funny if he had like a unicycle and he found a girl that liked, like he was with a girl and he was doing that, like he actually found somebody, yeah. like the perfect person, like, and we saw the two of them riding the unicycles <laughs> oh together down God. the FDR drive or something like that. Well, anyway, Michelle, I cannot thank you enough for being so kind as to do my podcast. I, I like doing it alone, but sometimes I don't, and I really wanted you to do it. And you've been a thank great you for guest. Having me. You got to come back anytime. You sound amazing on the really? phone. You look amazing, and you had amazing stories. <laughs> this is better you. than Caitlin. This is better than Kenny. This is better than any of those fools. Uh, oh my God! I'm so honored. <laughs> no, you really did a great job, and thank you so much, folks. I hope you had a good time listening to the show. I can't. I I, I really think it's a classic. <laughs> and. Uh, I, I think hopefully I'll see you next week. I'll figure out a way to get it done, and we'll see you next week on the podcast. <laughs>